Welcome once again to the Propreneur Podcast, where we help practice owners become better entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Dino Watt. And welcome once again, everybody, to the Propreneur Podcast. So excited to have you listening in today. And wherever you're listening, whether it be from your car, from your treadmill, or just taking a walk, I want to tell you how much we appreciate you being here and listening to the best practices that we're trying to bring to you every single episode. And as you do, don't forget to share these episodes with your friends and your colleagues who also could benefit from learning these best practices that we're bringing to you. And today is definitely no exception at all because we're going to learn how to cut that overhead cost in your practice, especially as a top Invisalign provider. And we're going to learn this by one of the best in the business, Dr. Bob Skopek. Bob, thank you for being on the show. Thanks, Dino. Honored to be on this. You do a great job on this podcast. Love your podcast. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Well, uh, then there's a lot of pressure on you then not to make this a bad podcast. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Thanks. <laughs> That's why I like doing this podcast. Because uh, yeah. one of my most favorite things about this podcast is number one, getting to meet some really amazing people. But number two, being able to really connect with people on a humanistic level, right? I love podcasts. I love what they can do and, and the opportunity it's given to so many people to get in, information and messages out there but more importantly, to connect with people. So it's a little selfish on my part, but hey, I'll take it. Well, thank you for being here again, Bob. And one of the things that I love to do is I love to hear people's stories and to understand why did they choose the profession that they did? I know I've got a roller coaster of a story of how I ended up here, but I love to hear the good, the bad, and the ugly. Will you please introduce yourself and tell everybody about you? Well, it, it, interesting um, story. I'm the first one in my family to go to college. Oh, wow. And um, I, I grew up in a very blue collar household. My dad worked in a factory. And from the time I was a little kid, my parents both said, you're not going to do what we do. You're going to college. Yep. Um, but then when I went to college, I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know what I wanted to do. You know, I always grew up and my parents would say, be a doctor or a lawyer. You've reached the pinnacle of everything. <laughs> um, decided I was always science oriented. Decided med school was not for me, did not want to be a doctor, didn't like sick people, didn't like hospitals, didn't like anything about it. Um, so dentistry seemed like a pretty cool thing. Um, so I went to dental school, loved dentistry, and I was that weird kid in dental school where I liked the treatment planning part, where I like to sit down with casts and x-rays and kind of plan out what we're going to do over the next year. Most people in dental school want to get a drill in their hand. Right. Let me start cutting a crown prep. Let me start doing a cavity. Um, and ortho is really that. It's strategizing. And it's planning that, putting that puzzle together. And that's what I always loved doing. And, you know, fortunately, I had good enough grades to do it. And I worked hard enough to do it. Um, and I just love the strategizing. I love the planning of ortho. So when you sit with your, uh, your treatment coordinator and you're looking at, okay, what to do with this new case coming in, uh, the excitement for you is the puzzle of putting it together. And then I bet, I'm just gonna guess, you know, I'm not orthodontist, but I'm just gonna guess that it's also the work in between to make sure it's on track, doing what it's supposed to be doing, seeing how you can tweak it to make it a little bit better, that right? Yeah, yes, and it's actually, and, I, and we'll, I think we'll get into my 20 year Invisalign evolution, but the, the reason that I love Invisalign so much now is there's so many tools, so many biomechanical principles I can do in there with the attachments, designing the attachment. It, it's infinitely customizable at this point. So yes, I, I kind of virtually now see mm -hmm. how's that puzzle coming together? This part's not coming together so well. How do I change this so that this comes together better? Um, and it's a very cool, exciting thing to me. Well, I could only guess that when the scanner came on and the iTero scanner stuff that you could actually have the computer at least give you a, maybe not a hundred percent glimpse, but a pretty good glimpse of what that's going to look like after the fact in 18 months, 24 months, whatever. I bet that was super exciting for you. It's it, huge. And we've, we've had an iTero for about seven years now. We bought one before Invisalign owned iTero. Um, and, and, and that, and just seeing the dynamic state of it versus a static plaster model. And, yes. and thinking in my head where that plaster model can be. Right. I can actually get on that iTero and on that virtual model and I can play that's with cool. it and I can putz with it. And, and I say, wow, that's not going to work. That's, that's unrealistic. Or this is realistic. 
Um, so it's a lot of fun to me to treatment plan and diagnose and do a case virtually like that on the computer. I love it. I, I think it's one of those tools that honestly, you know, if you're listening to the show and you don't do this and this offends you, I'm sorry, but I think it's a, a missed opportunity. I don't understand why every orthodontist and even dentist, if you're doing Invisalign, uh, doesn't make sure every single person that walks in that office for an, scan, for an exam and gets a scan and whether they choose braces, traditional braces or Invisalign aren't showing them the end result. It's funny because if you look at the way that our culture is going, you, uh, you know, I'll just call myself out on stuff when I'm alone in a hotel room. <laughs> I go to show is HGTV because my wife has taught me HGTV is the thing to look at, right? I, we don't have normal TV in our home. So we get cable. I'm watching HGTV. And you look at those shows when they show you, oh, what they could do to this room. What do they do? They show you a computer rendering of the right. after of what right. could be. So somebody can really legitimately see themselves in that room. It's the same thing with the Itero scanner that you can actually go, this is what your teeth are going to look like afterwards. Yes. What 100%. And, and, and the other thing that I learned kind of serendipitously in scanning and exams, yes, it was about showing what it could do. But I have so many people sitting there looking at their, at their teeth on this big screen and saying, wow, I didn't know they were that bad. Right. Wow, I didn't know that was crooked. Wow, they're really messed up. I don't have to say a thing. I mean, they, they sit on that screen and, and they're right away. Yeah, I got to fix that. Yep. Yep, it's true. It's funny. And here's the thing. I think there's a difference between, and this is, again, just my opinions. I love the 3D imaging scanners, right? That they have those things. But when you see that, you're also seeing a skeleton that you don't recognize. You're like, oh, that's fascinating to see the skeleton. Be like, wow, that's cool. That's what my skull looks like. But when you see your teeth and you see, yeah, that's really them. I remember uh, I was at uh, D Doug Depew's office and I remember thinking, Doug, that was so smart. He brought that up, brought the scan up. Uh, and showed what the end result would be. And they went, but, but let me show you, I would actually do this. And he takes the mouse up and he yep. changes like one or two little pieces, just little tiny movements on the teeth and just showing them, look, this computer did well. I'm going to show you the art behind this. It was so yeah. smart. Yes. And that's where it gets into the doctor you choose is important because yes. it's really, nobody does Invisalign. We do orthodontics but we use Invisalign brand uh, clear liners. That's a really good and, distinction. And, and we, we kind of explain it to people that way. It's like, well, you know, I'm an orthodontist. I'm going to perform orthodontics on you. Yes, Invisalign brand clear aligners will work awesome for this, but nobody does Invisalign. You're still doing orthodontics. It's a really good distinction. I don't know why this thought comes to my head, but if you look at other big brands, right? People wear Nike shoes. Nike shoes don't do the running for them, right? They still have to right. get in there and run to do the work. Right. That's a really good distinction, especially when we're talking about, uh, when, in which we can easily go into the, the direct-to-consumer market, right? Yes. It's like, look, the thing isn't going to do the thing for you. You also need the person to sh do the orthodontic work and to guide you through it and use the tool of Invisalign or whatever clear liner you're going to use. Yes. 100%. And, and we kind of serendipitously fell into that branding, to be honest with you, because people yeah. started asking about the, the teledentistry. And well, my dentist can do it. And you know, what's the difference? And, and I simply just say, well, this is orthodontics. You know, I'm an orthodontist. I've, yep. I've gone to specialty school to learn how to do this. Um, and this Invisalign is a tool I can use to do it. Yeah. And I just shut my mouth and, and I let them process that. And nine out of 10 will say, yeah, it's just a tool. I want the guy that knows how to move teeth doing it. Yeah, absolutely. The artist has been great for us. Wow. And you've been doing, you've been involved in Invisalign for 20 years. So you were back when a lot of orthodontists even were fighting against it. It, it sucked. I mean, plain and simple, it was, I, mean, I, you know, I hope I can say that on a podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> it, it was, because um, I, I was a startup in 2000. So I was a startup 20 years ago. Okay. And that's when Invisalign was coming out. My, my brilliant idea was I start doing all this Invisalign. I'm going to be a rock star in six months. And I started doing a bunch of it. The cases came out very mediocre at best. Mm -hmm. It was a very limited tool that would give you very limited results. Over those 20 years, the engineering and the technology that they've done with that has advanced so much 
that now, in my opinion, it, it's interchangeable with braces. And you can do anything with aligners you can do with braces. That was not true even five, six years ago, in my opinion. Okay, well, that brings up a question in my head, which I know we can be here today to see the value of it, to see, uh, you know, the guys who are getting out of school can see, like you just said, you can do pretty much the same thing with uh, liners that you can with traditional braces. But what was in your head 20 years ago? What, what gave you the um, stubbornness, if you will, to keep, <laughs> to keep well, going with something like this when you're well, not seeing the results you want? Well, I guess, you know, I guess I would maybe call it more entrepreneurial than stubborn. Because All right, sure. That same difference. Be, be, because um, yeah, it's, it's probably interchangeable. Yeah. Um, but, it, but it's really, it, 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 it's a cool thing when people can fix their teeth more conveniently, more comfortably, and more aesthetically. Now, as a, as, a, as a profession, we've gone through, you know, self-ligating braces, clear braces, all these different things, um, all of which have tried to make it more comfortable, more convenient, more aesthetic. Um, and I always thought these clear aligners are the ultimate in that if they work. And if you can get them to do the same level of care and level of treatment you can with braces. So I always loved the big picture concept of it. And I thought, this is, this is a great idea. I mean, the toothbrushing is so much. I mean, the teens, we do more teens in Invisalign now than adults. And parents love it. The kids love it because they can brush their teeth. Yeah. I mean, you know, 13-year-old boys don't brush their teeth. They just don't. And you don't have to worry about, oh, you're going to get the, the buildup of the yellow stain around your teeth. And also, right. it's not a problem there. Right. So I love that you, you actually came back at me with the, it's the entrepreneurial side, which is really... The, the most important part of this podcast, I believe, the propreneur side of it, right? Being a professional entrepreneur. Have you always been an entrepreneur? Has it been something that's in your head for a while? Because you could see the big picture where the reason I bring up the question was uh, about what was your stubbornness was because I think a lot of guys, if it doesn't work the first time, if I have to work harder for it, then they give up on it because they want it to do the work instead of you seeing the big picture the way that you did. Have you always been an entrepreneur? You know, and, and I think now, now that I'm older and I look back on how I've thought, I think I always have. And part of that even was all the school I went through. I mean, I, I did general dentistry for a few years before I went back to ortho. Um, I, I kind of saw the big picture. I explored the big picture. You know, I was 32 years old when I finished ortho. So wow. I was a little older. Mm -hmm. But as a bigger picture vision to me, I'm like, I want to do this. You know, this is where I think I should head. So as, as I look back on how I've thought through my life, I think I probably have been because I don't get caught up in the little minutiae day to day. It, it's more the big picture. Um, and part of, again, as we get to the overhead, I mean, I, I had some struggles through that overhead big time. I mean, yeah, I when, you be, when you become Invisalign centric, you know, all of a sudden, you know, my wife and I start looking at the cash flow and it's, and it's taking a beating. Um, you know, but you have to have that big picture in mind of where it's well, going and where it's going to be. Well, this is where it's going to be, I think, really educational for a lot of people. I personally have clients who have recently come to me and said, you know, our Invisalign is getting too much, like we're doing too much in our office, that my cash flow is poor and that. And so they're pulling back going, well, I want to stay maybe 40% because then I know I can handle it. So I, I think your knowledge and information on... Um, so there's a concept called perturbation, and it's what I use when I talk about getting out of your comfort zone. And perturbation is that moment where the coal becomes the diamond, right? It's that, that mm -hmm. scientific break right. in that life. Um, there's a perturbation moment that has to happen in your business to get to a place where you're comfortable and seeing the benefit of being more than a 40%, 50% Invisalign provider. Yes, agreed. So- Let's talk about that story because when you had that, I don't know, like you said, you were looking at the cash flow, was it an oh crap moment? Where it's like, oh no, what are you doing here? It, it, it was. I mean, because we really, again, I, I did it for 20 years. And once I, I embraced it and I felt comfortable with it, we ramped up pretty quickly. So in the course of a year, all of a sudden I had several hundred thousand dollars in Invisalign lab fee, you know, which, which is like, yeah, holy crap. Yeah. That's a, that's a big thing. Sure. Um, I've been very, I, well, I say fortunate, but I've had attrition to the staff over the last six, seven years with marriages, babies, you know, the positive 
attritions and the, right. and the good splits. Right. And, and I didn't replace people because I didn't think I would need to. So, so I've cut my staff in half over the last six, seven years. And, and I just really felt with, now we do the scanning, we have a 3D printer, um, we outsource the financials, um, we outsource some of the calls now, mm, and, and that has all lowered that overhead. I, I don't have, my, my staff expenses is half or less of what it was. Um, and, and looking at where, and the revenues have been, I've been up double digits every year the last five years. Wow. And, and I'm still, that staff is so low. But I replaced them with technology and with the outsourcing. And now instead of having, you know, 15 technicians running around, which is what I used to have, now I have six or seven concierges and treatment coordinators and hostesses, you know, that are really creating that environment. Um, and that's lowered that overhead. And, and you have to. I, 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 there's no way I could afford 15 staff and two lab techs and still afford this Invisalign. You know, I don't have a lab tech anymore. I used to. Well, what you did, though, in my opinion, is you created truly the entrepreneur business, right? Where you're understanding one of the main things about being an entrepreneur, a good entrepreneur, a good business owner, is the power of outsourcing. The power yes. of letting other people. People ask me all the time, do you know how many people have in business? I have, I have 12 employees and the majority of them don't even live close to me. Like right. my, my vice president of sales and marketing is in Georgia. I have three employees in the Philippines because nice. we live in a world where you can do that now. And it's the same thing in your environment. If you really think it through to be able to say, okay, well, I need to look at the evolution of my practice and seeing where it's going. It's like the whole uh, Wayne Gretzky thing, right? See where the puck is going exactly. and get to it. Yeah. Exactly. It's funny. I just did a, a talk to a spear group and I put Gretzky's picture up there. And, nice. um, and, and I said, yeah, he's not the greatest because he was the fastest skater or had no. the best shot. He skated to where the puck was going to be. That's right. why he was the greatest. And it's um, but yeah, outsource, but outsourcing, you know, it's like, it's like just not having a financial coordinator it is huge to me. I mean, that's a highly trained position. That's a very important position and it's a pretty well paid position. Yeah. And, you know, again, people, you know, we, I mean, we have people that have been with us 20 years. We don't have a lot of turnover, but you have turnover. Sure. You, absolutely. You just, you just do. Um, so the outsourcing has been awesome. I mean, it's just, it's helped us so much. And we've been able, again, the, the people that are there love it because they can have fun with the patients, with the parents. They're almost like, again, like hosts and hostesses. And, and, right. it's, and it's great. I mean, it's a great experience. People are laughing all day and having fun all day because they're not technicians like they used to. I outsource the technicians now. It's interesting. I have a client who he's building out a brand new building. And I remember about halfway through the building, it's beautiful, going to be a beautiful building. Love it. And uh, he is one of the top Invisalign providers in his area. And he's adding dental monitoring to it. Uh -huh. And so he came and he went, you know, I, um, I'm going up from, I think it's five chairs to eight. And he goes, I think I'm overbuilding. He goes, I don't think I'm going to need all those chairs right now. <laughs> and he's doing the same type of idea where there's a couple of staff members who it's positive attrition. And yet he's like, yeah, I don't think I need to replace that person. Yeah. Well, here's, I'll tell you this story. This is the sad part of the story is that I built a new office 10 years ago. And, and, and I, own, I own it and I built it. It's 4,400 square feet and 10 chairs with another plumbable. I need half of that right now. Yeah. And, and that's one, you know, I was looking back then, if I was a braces and wire practice where I'm at now, I would need 10 chairs like a merry-go-round. I don't need it now. And, and that's one of the things I look at too. I did this 10 years ago. I'm like, boy, if I was building it today, I'd build half. Yep. So what's your percentage right now of Invisalign versus traditional braces? We're pushing 80. We're about 80%. Okay, 80%. Wow. So let's talk a little bit about uh, the cutting the overhead. Has primarily outsourcing been the source of your being able to cut your overhead? The, the outsourcing and the technology. Um, things like, again, like the 3D printer. Um, mm -hmm. We used to have two people in lab, you know, pouring up those alginate impressions, pouring mm -hmm. them into plaster models, trimming, polishing, get everything neat and nice. Um, now with the scanner and the printer, you know, things get printed out. We have the models there. Um, or we send things to a lab to have something made. You don't even print them out. You scan it, do it virtually. So I've really eliminated a lab tech just with that technology. 
Well, you've also eliminated time. Sorry to interrupt you, but it just made me think because think of the time. And I know this isn't something that everybody always thinks about, but as you were saying that, I mean, I have obviously a lot of practices that use the 3D printing, but the time for that assistant to not only do the impression, to make sure it's right, to come get it. I see this all, I have one office where I'm thinking of directly where they go to the doctor, show the doctor the impression. Is this good? Do you like this? Yeah, no, maybe need to change that. Okay, go back and do it again. Like the 10, 15, 20 minutes of time in your life to make sure a model is done when you can have the 3D printer do it and not have to worry about the impression, not worry about yeah, oh, that's true. I never thought about that. That's really great. Yeah. And, and we did, we, we tried to do ROI the best we could when we bought the printer. And, and this was back, printers were still pretty expensive. We spent 20 grand on our printer. Okay. And we did, we figured the time, we figured the materials. And, and I figured I had that thing paid for in about nine to 12 months. Sure. I mean, it, yep. it's, it's, it's that fast. And you do, you save time, you save that overhead, you save all those materials. It, 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 it's awesome. So now you've saved it with the technology in that way, uh, the 3D printing. Um, where else are you seeing that overhead cost that you can cut out? Um, the, the time, the, the days worked and the amount oh. of people in the schedule. That's right. the other big thing. That makes sense. Um, again, we've, we've grown and we're bigger, but we're seeing maybe two thirds of the patients we used to. Um, we don't see as many patients throughout the day. Um, and that's what, you know, Invisalign always tells you. And that's what, you know, the, the daemons and the self-ligating always tell you. Um, again, you have to have, have, to have yeah. the mindset that that's how it's going to work. And, and, and so many people are used to saying, well, I'm going to do a two-year case. I'm going to see those people 23 times and that's how it should be. You know, well, now those cases are, you know, probably 14 to 18 months. You probably see them six times. Um, the challenge is, is making a relationship with them seeing them them fewer times, which is a lot of stuff that we work on. Um, But the schedule is so much lighter now. I mean, there's just so much more time throughout our day for people to get a three and a half day or a four day week instead of a five day week or saying, I have to stay till seven o'clock at night, or I'm going to come in tomorrow, even though we're closed because I didn't finish everything. Um, So it's reduced the hours quite a bit because the schedule is so much lighter. Does it also allow you for um, the ability, even though your your same day starts might be um, a a different criteria for that to do more same day starts because you have that open free schedule? Same day starts are huge. And and, and that's a huge part of the overhead um, because yes, we're, we're somewhere around 55% same day starts, which, which isn't phenomenal, but that's pretty good. Um, But yes, I mean, we, we have that time. And even if an exam would go a little long and say, okay, they want to get going today. Let's do everything. We have time in that schedule to do it. So we don't have to have them back, you know, three times. I mean, when I started practicing, we did an hour exam, hour records appointment, and then a consult, and then we put braces on. Now we do that one time. So the same day start is huge, but yes, you have to have that flexibility and some of that openness in your schedule which the aligners have allowed us to do. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it definitely feels like that freedom of the aligners has allowed you. It's kind of like the, the domino effect. I've talked about this a few times on the show is that what's the one domino that you're going to be able to tip over that's going to cause so much of a ripple effect to a positivity inside of your office. You answer one question, you're answering many, same type of idea. Mm-hmm. I love it. I'm wondering, um, do you remember where the mind shift was for you there's there's got to be a moment where you were like the maybe oh no not sure if this is going to work or maybe going on faith a little bit that it would work do you remember when that was for you and and how you got overcame that it it was yeah i do kind of remember that actually um that was about a year ago um because it was about two two and a half years ago we really started ramping up and and it was, I mean, with the staff and with the whole business, it was so uncomfortable. There was so much discomfort with that. Because again, I'm struggling to pay the bills. I have this big lab fee coming in. Um, all of a sudden, like the, the middle, early to middle of 2019, it's like, oh, I have cash flow back. And boy, our exams are way up. Our starts are way up. Uh, we have people smiling more than we've ever had people smiling. People are happier. Um, so I went through maybe, it wasn't bad, maybe a year, year and a half. And and there's different lecturers from Bizline that called the Valley of Death. 
you yeah. go, you go, you go through this failure death. Yeah. Yeah. And, and everybody does. And, yeah. and I think you just have to expect that. Um, but I started seeing the light about a year ago. Now in the last four to six months, I really seen the light and it's, it's just phenomenal how it's working now. Um, you know, I don't think I would have went through that valley of death for five or six years right. because then, then you have to start thinking, is this really the way to go? Yeah. Um, but I had always, again, I always believed in it for 20 years. And I always saw the reaction in people's faces when they say, I don't need braces. That's great. You know, I, I love that reaction. And, and now that I feel I can give them the same quality result or sometimes better result, I'm like, that's, that's great. That's phenomenal. Isn't that really uh, interesting? Your belief, and not just what you can do, but what the tool that you're using can do and how you can use that skill that you have, um, translates. And if you can translate that well enough, people will buy into it. And I tell, I tell TCs all the time, look, your job is to close people. And the only way you close people is to transfer the enthusiasm you have for the thing that you do to them. And so if you can translate that, you're winning the game. Yes. And, and part of that, and part of when he asked when I started seeing the light at the end of the tunnel is when the staff bought into that mindset right. completely. Nice. And because and when we started this, you know, I have, I have people with me that have been in ortho for 40 years. They started right. when they were 16 years old and they've been doing this. Um, and everybody was a little skeptical and very uncomfortable with this. Sure. Now everybody believes in it. And everybody has that mindset. And when a mom, you know, asks anybody in the office, what do you think? Like, well, I think you should do Invisalign. It's easier to brush. These kids wear it great. We see phenomenal results with it. So that was part of the turning point, too, is when everybody believed in it and everybody had that mindset. That's great. That's so, so powerful. I love that belief system that you have to really deliver. So let me ask you this, because I always try to put myself in the position of the person in the car driving and... Uh, and the questions they might ask. So we're in a world right now where you mentioned 3D printing. There's a lot of uh, opportunities right now for people to print their own liners, to do their own thing, whether that be with like a U-Lab or a Spark or whatever's going on out there. And I think that that's not gonna slow down, right? There's gonna be more momentum coming in that way. So how have you uh, looked into the future to see what you wanna do with your practice and what's the most beneficial for you? Well, my, the, the, the printing in-house and the aligners in-house I use for very, very limited cases. It, and I think, I, I don't think, it, it's interesting because I just had this conversation with a bunch of Invisalign people that came in. And, and you know, Invisalign to me, I believe, is, is a high-powered tool for orthodontists to do top-quality work. I, I, I really think they're, they, and I hope not because I'm a shareholder, so I hope the shares keep going good. But, um, <laughs> but, you know, I'm not sure that a general dentist can appreciate what Invisalign can do. I'm not sure that teledentistry definitely can't appreciate what Invisalign sure. can do. Um, so I think the future, there's going to be a lot of minor orthodontic movement. Um, things like digital smile design, Christian Coachman, if you've ever seen his stuff. I mean, it's, it, it's, you know, it's minor orthodontic movement to facilitate conservative restorative treatment, which I think is phenomenal. Yeah. And, and, I, and I think that's where general dentists will take over. Um, I, I've done a lot of interdisciplinary stuff through my career. I, um, I've been through the whole Panky curriculum, Dawson curriculum for whatever reason, just because I liked it. Um, so I do a lot of these interdisciplinary cases with general dentists. And we're getting to a point where I'm in these study clubs with them and I'm like, Guys, you really don't need me for that one. <laughs> you need me for this other one. You don't need me for that one. So I think orthodontics in general is going to be, be much more widespread, much more ubiquitous. It's, it's just, it's going to help everybody. It's going to help a dentist that wants to do three bondings on the front teeth, but it might be very simple minor tooth movement they can do uh, versus the big tough stuff that we do. But there's so much awareness being raised about orthodontics right now which I love. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, I hear people complaining all the time about the teledentistry thing. And I, I love the fact that every dentist in town is doing this. I love the fact that it's all over TV because it raises awareness. hundred percent. But, but then I think the future is there's going to be people like me that are the Invisalign orthodontist. Yeah. There's going to be other people that just do Invisalign for minor things. And I think that's the future. And that's where I think 
orthodontists should stop complaining and actually kind of seize that and say, yeah, that's the future. And there's tons of it out there. I mean, there's plenty to go around. I think that's so, it's such an important point is that there is so much to go around. There's, I, I often do this exercise with my clients or potential clients when they talk about competition. I'm like, look, if I were to line up all the kids between seven and 17 in your area, not including parents, not including, you know, the, the, anybody else with, in a different bracket, and then lined up the chairs that are available from the orthodontist in your city. You could not be in practice and open your practice 24-7 every single day, of the, uh, every single month, and still fill all of the needs. There's plenty of need. It's about right. finding the right people that you want to work with and do the right Agreed. marketing and know who your avatar is that builds that up. Agreed. I mean, you, you, have to, you, you have to be the right fit for that person. And that's, you can't, I, I've always also thought you can't be everything to everybody. It, and that's part of the, the future, too, is where I, I see a lot of like orthodox. Well, I'm going to do Invisalign. Well, I'm going to do this in-house thing. And it's like, well, you really can't be everything to everybody. Pick you know, a lane. I don't, I, I don't want to be the cheap guy to people online. I yeah. still want to be an orthodontist. Yeah. And, and I just happen to do it with clear aligners. I use Invisalign clear aligners. You know, that's a good point. If, uh, if the teledentistry, the, the Smile Direct Club, stuff like that, if those companies are truly a threat to your in, to your business, then you're not doing something right. Correct. I agree. 100%. <laughs> and, and by the way, you know, there's a huge news stuff that NBC did the whole thing, uh, a news report or whatever about Smile Direct Club, stuff like that. It doesn't matter what the industry is. It could be chiropractic, could be plastic surgery, whatever. When there is exposés about bad things going on by somebody who's trying to provide what, or they think they're providing what you're providing, that's only a good thing for you if you're really good and you're full of integrity and you can show them there's a better, faster, smarter way. Yeah, no question. Yeah, no absolutely. question. Wow, yeah. that's awesome. All right, so any other tips or ideas where people can cut their overhead costs and include uh, increase their Invisalign providing? I think the, 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 the hardest thing for me, first of all, and I approached it, you know, and everybody says, you put your patient first, you got to put your patient first. Yes, of course, we have to treat our patient while put our patient first. But, you know, it starts with me. It, it starts with what I want to do. And, and I really, I worked my tail off to learn how to use those aligners. It was not easy for me. I knew how to use braces and wires, and I thought I was as you know, good as I can be doing braces and wires. Mm. I worked my tail off in continuing ed to learn how to use those aligners. And then I believed in it. It starts with me. I mean, I have to believe in it. Then, like you said, I have to translate it to the staff. And if the whole team there believes in it, and we went through a lot of training and a lot of CE with the team as well. Yeah. And, and they believe in it. And then the patient gets taken care of wonderfully. And, and that's where it all rolls. I think sometimes people think, you know, about well, the patient or the money. And it's yep. not. It's, it's about you first. Then you translate that to your team. And then it goes to everything else. 100%. I couldn't agree with you more. It's the, you cannot give from an empty cup idea, right? Like if you're halfway invested in the idea of whatever it is you're doing, whether you're doing full braces or Invisalign or chiropractic, whatever, like if you're not fully invested in that and the benefits and the joy of that and fully invested, right? You mentioned, I think it's, it's true. I never really thought about this. You're giving yourself a second education. Yes. I went to school all those years to learn how to, twist a wire and how to place a bracket. But now you're having to really educate yourself on top of the education you already have on Invisalign and how to use that. And then when you take that to your team, the team appreciates that they're going to be your advocates for this and they're going to be advocate for the patient. Yes. And, and we were fortunate that because, and when I kind of approached this hard two and a half years ago, it, nobody left, but I was ready for people to leave. You know, I mean, I kind of, you can talk about vision, culture, whatever you want to call it, or, or, but the mindset and like, okay, this is what I believe in. I think this is awesome. I think this is the future. It's the right thing to do. It's going to be fun. Let's go. But if it's not the right fit for you, I'm happy to write you a great letter of reference and we'll find you another place. Right. And nobody left, but I was prepared for that. And I think, I think that's one of the other if anything, pieces of advice, you can't worry about too much discomfort or too much turmoil because you're going to have a little discomfort and turmoil. 
That's just uh, how it is. Yeah, as a matter of fact, you, if you're not having a little discomfort and turmoil, you're probably not doing something right. Right. It's kind of like in business as an entrepreneur, we'll go back to that again. If you're not failing, if you're not having those roller coaster down moments, you're probably not on the ride. <laughs> like, Agreed. It's, Agreed. it's part of the journey. So one last question about this that popped up in my head as I was, uh, I, I remembered this as you were saying this and I didn't know how to approach this fully, but you're married to a general dentist. I am. So how is the Invisalign conversation, like you just mentioned a moment ago for the touch-ups, for the little things, how does that happen in your office? Does she deal with it at all? Does she deal with Invisalign at all? A little bit, um, but it, it, <laughs> she's fortunate that she has me. And, yeah. and, and I've, I've done things for her that, you know, it costs or cheaper because sure. you know, she's my wife. Right. Um, yeah. So, so it's Benefit. been a relationship that way or, or I will help her, you know, to achieve what she wants to achieve. Right. Um, so it's, it's kind of like she kind of almost has an orthodontist working in her office. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's great. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, actually, isn't that how every dentist should actually feel? Well, if you built that relationship up enough, married up to them or not, Hopefully the doctors that are listening to this are both dentists and ortho are building up their relationship enough to where they feel like they have their dentist or their orthodontist on staff. Yes. And, and, and it's, it's a little sad the way, because 20 or 25 years ago, that was much more common. Mm. And, and that whole, it was very much more collegial back then. It's becoming more fragmented now. Yeah. Um, and, and that's too bad because I, I wonder how the, you know, the next generation, you know, that are 20, 20 years behind me doing this. Um, Cause yes, I still value my general dentists that, you know, send me things that we work together with. Um, I still text and call and talk to dentists, you know, any time of day. Um, but that's, that's waning, which is too bad because I agree with you. I think it's all about a team. Um, you know, it's, it's like implants. I, I can't tell you how many times I have patients come in and say, yeah, my implant fell out again. I'm on number three. And it's the dentist that puts it in. And nothing against dentists doing implants. Nothing against that. Right. Um, but it's not as much of the, okay, well, here's the surgeon. Here's the orthodontist. Here's the restorative dentist. And let's do this as a team. The team, the team thing is going away, um, which is kind of sad because I've always been about the team. You know, that's a really good point because I um... – we were, I was on a call, I don't know, two or three hours ago with another podcast and the gentleman was talking about one of the things that they feel is missing out uh, in the practices is to have that advisory board. Mm-hmm. The people that you, you know, you have your CPA, your, your IT guy, your, all that stuff. And really, I, I have that in my business where I know that my accountant knows my attorney who also knows my financial planner, right? They all kind of talk to each other. And what you just said there unfortunately is going away in some ways in the industry. And hopefully there'll be a bit of a resurgence of understanding if we build it together, if we rely on one another and support one another, we're going to get a lot further. Yes. And, and I think there, there, as things become more demarcated and, and the different aspects, you know, the different niches, mm-hmm. I think that's going to be a huge niche and a huge part of it. There's also going to be the teledentistry is going to be part of it. Yeah. But I think what we just described is that team, you know, the Panky Dawson Spear, you know, yeah. philosophy team, I think absolutely is going to survive and thrive, but it'll just be one niche. Sure. It's not going to be everybody. Sure. Um, now that's what I like to do. And that's what I want to keep doing. Yeah. Um, and I think it's awesome. But yes, I think in the future, it's going to become more, are you one of those guys or are you one of those guys? Right. Well, let me ask this in the, the, the sense of uh, going back to being an entrepreneur, we always like to ask, especially for our practicing doctors, like you're, you're actually, you know, in the trenches every single day. One of the things I really wanted to create in this show is you've got your experts who are doing really great stuff with the products and programs that they're doing, consultants, stuff like that. And then you have your doctors who are in the trenches every day, figuring out what works for them and their business. But just like in any business, doesn't matter what business you are, you're going to come up against some sort of challenges. Maybe it's yes. a technology challenge. Maybe it's a team member challenge. What's the challenge you're facing in your practice right now? Well, the biggest challenge we're facing right now is, um, well, I had three opinions and nobody else says Invisalign will work. Mm. And, and I kind of went through the same thing 20 years ago with the phase one non-extraction because mm. I'm, I'm a very much of an arch development expansion non-extraction orthodox. 
And I went through that 20 years ago. I said, well, the other three guys said they would just pull four teeth out. And, and you know, explain the benefits of the arch development, keeping the teeth, the aesthetics, the function, things like that, the, you know, jaw joint relationship. And I feel like I'm kind of going through the same thing now with Invisalign because, you know, and we say, and we show them pictures, we show them before and afters. And I got to say, I, I, at least nine out of 10 people will start with us when we explain, here's what we think, here's how we've approached it, here's the continuing education I've done. Let's show you a few patients before and after we've done with Invisalign. 90% of them stay with us. But I'm hearing that comment more and more now, you know, that well, nobody else thinks it'll work. Well, if it's a comment you're hearing a lot, this is my philosophy that I talk to my clients about too, is it's a comment you're hearing a lot, it's something you put some focus on. So have you written your mini book or book around the problem? Not yet, but, but I'm working on that. All right, so uh, let me just say, for anybody else who has a problem similar to this, uh, are there six questions that you could answer around that problem? Um, yes, I think so. I mean, we've, we've, we've kind of, we have worked on our presentation for lack uh -huh. of a better word when we get that question. Um, so yes, we are prepared for it and okay. we know, you know, what to say. And, and part of it again, that we'll say is when they say, well, they, they said it doesn't work. We'll say, well, this is orthodontics. Dr. Skopek is an orthodontist. He's a specialist. It's just a tool. And, and he believes this tool will work in his orthodontic hands. Um, so that's a lot of how we respond to it. And sometimes that right away, you can see the look in their face. Right. It's like, oh yeah, I never thought of it that way. Yeah. I'm not buying Invisalign, I'm buying an orthodontist. Right. Um, so, so we've so worked on that. Here's what I would do if I were you is I would actually get that on paper and I would actually title it something like um, the six things, the five things, the four things, whatever it is that you need to know before getting uh, or, or that most people don't know about Invisalign dot, 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 even your dentist or something like that, where you're actually addressing the actual issue of the five things that, that most people won't tell you about Invisalign or don't know you know, something like that. And then just do your quick like white paper, do a, a mini book around it. And when someone calls in to make the appointment, either send them a copy of it, have it printed out through KDP or some easy uh, legit you know, $2 to have it printed out or just email it to them and have them and just say, hey, here's the thing. Uh, here, so, you know, before they even get there, right, they're educated on it. Or an even more powerful thing is, to make a quick video of you talking to the screen like it is you're talking to the patient and mm -hmm. have and say, you know, some people think that da, 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 da. Well, here's what I would like you to know about this. Or some people don't understand, blah, blah, blah. Here's this. You do on a quick three minute, five minute video. And all of a sudden you are the expert and those questions are gone before they even walk in the room. Yeah. No, I, I love that idea. Um, Cause we, power we have video. We haven't done that yet, but I've done other videos and uh -huh. it's amazing the people that watch my YouTube videos yep. and, and come in because of that. Yep. Now, I haven't done, I love that idea and we haven't done that one. Um, yeah, that'd be you, a great one. there's, there's uh, programs out there. There's a program called BombBomb, B-O-M-B-B-O-M-B, -B -B, okay. where you can send an actual email uh, that has embedded in it a GIF with you talking so it looks like a video and they click okay. on it and it goes to the video that's it's actually um stored on bomb bomb the, their okay. server so you don't have to do it like on youtube or anything like that and so they click on it and it will go to that thing and you can say hey thank you so much for watching this i know a lot of times people have questions about blah 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 here's the answer here's the other answer and it could be a five minute long video but you could legitimately as soon as that, your concierge uh, or your director first impressions ask, hey, so can we send you some information before you even come into the office? What's your email address? They give you the email address. She goes over to BombBomb, clicks that video. That's the same video. It goes to everybody, goes out to them, and they get to watch your video. And you can actually watch. It gives you analytics if they opened it, if they watched it, and how long they watched it. That's, that's very cool. I've never heard of that. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's really neat. It's really neat. I use it in my business, and I, I totally suggest people using it all the time. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. Awesome. Good stuff. All right. Well, um, you have been a, 
uh, just a plethora of knowledge, right? Like one of the things on this show that I really try to do is get people on. I want people to be like, oh, I never thought about that. Or, oh, that's really cool. Or, oh, that makes sense, right? That's what I want is the aha moments in this, uh, in this uh, uh, podcast. So you've done that quite a bit, but now we've come to the place in our show where we go through our six questions that are just off the top of your head answers. Are you ready to play? I think so. All right. Are you worried about it? No, well, I don't, I don't, I, no, I, I don't know. No. Promise it won't hurt. <laughs> okay. All right. What's the number one thing that you wish that they would have taught you back in school? You know, um, critical thinking. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to say that there was our, our program director in ortho um, was a very eccentric, quirky guy. And I loved him and we got along great. And which I don't know what that says about me, but <laughs> you know, he was a very eccentric, quirky guy. Um, we never even really had classes in ortho. We would have like two or three hours of seminar discussion in the morning. He'd come in and say, all right, tell me about expansion. Tell me about how the bone responds when you expand. And he would fire questions until you couldn't answer them. And then we'd go to, you have to go to the library, come back the next day, and mm. he would keep you going that way. And I remember somebody asked him once, because we'd get a report card and we had like 10 classes. We all got A's in all our classes. And we're like, we never had these classes and, he, and he's like you know you're at a point where you should be doing this because you want to not because you have to pass a test and I want you to think critically and I still remember that because you know it, it, school teaches you to pass tests and take yep. boards and yep. get licenses you got to think critically about things and, and really what's going on with things how amazing would that be <laughs> if we started doing that back in grade school and junior high and high school. I mean, that's, that's so true. I love that. All right. What's a book that every private practice owner should be reading? You, you know, the, the best book I've read in the last couple of years, the four disciplines of execution. It's a great book. I, I love that book. I mean, it ties things down so much. I mean, yeah. the, we now, we now have a bonus system that I think is probably working and I've never had a bonus system. That's great because we bonus on lead measures, not lag measures. Nice. You know, we always bonus on production collections. Now we bonus on how many referrals do you ask for? How many Google reviews do you get? How many video testimonials do you get? And you have to have faith that that builds the production and collections. Um, but I, I never really understood the distinction between lead measures and lag measures. So I read that book. It's so important. It's such a great uh, piece that most business owners and most entrepreneurs especially don't get and it's the thing that's the most controllable yes i can control if i go to the gym and i eat right every day i can't control the scale yes so it's so important love yes. it i'm so grateful we're gonna make sure we put that in the show notes uh, especially because i love that book a lot too i've actually probably read it three times i love that um in my book the practice rx i focus a lot on team culture and team performance as the foundation for business growth so what do you see as a colleague, as someone who's out there in the field lecturing and talking to people as the biggest challenge that private practice owners are facing when it comes to their team and their office culture? It, it, it's creating that mindset. And, and, and I love what you talk about when you talk about that, because it's, it's, again, getting your team to have the same mindset you do and follow your vision. Um, and, and the culture, I guess if the culture's crap, nothing's going to work. I mean, That's you true. have to treat, you have to treat people with mutual respect and you know, you, you have to have that fundamental stuff. Um, but I'm not sure you, you, you know, treating people with, with mutual respect is not going to build anything. Mm -hmm. you, you have to have that vision and you have to get your team on board with you. Um, and that's been my challenge now that, now that we are, and we're a cohesive group, it's phenomenal. Isn't that it's just, great? It's ridiculous how well it works. Love it. It is ridiculous. I tell people all the time, I'm like, you don't understand the secret sauce here. You don't have to worry about all the other stuff. It's this and it will make everything better. I love it. Yeah. Uh, before we go on to the last two questions, how can people reach out to you if they had a question or wanted just to pick your brain? Easiest way is LinkedIn. Just, just find oh, me great. on LinkedIn. Um, Bob Skopek, owner of Skopek Orthodontics. And it's S-K-O-P-E-K -S -S -E for everybody. Yes, right. exactly. Awesome. Okay, so what's the best advice that you've ever received in life or in business? Well, you know, this is, um, I knew you were going to ask this, so I thought about this. Okay, good. <laughs> um, and, um, Love it. Did your homework. I was, um, this was 20 plus years ago, like when I was starting my practice. Um, 
there was um, an oral surgery group in town. Wonderful, well-revered, you know, great oral surgery group. I still know some of the younger guys. The senior guy that started it was retiring this, this one year I was at their party when I was starting mine up. Um, and he's, you know, he just passed away a couple years ago, which is, you know, sad. But anyway, and, and they introduced me to him. I met him maybe twice, said, you know, it's Bob Scopic. He's starting his own ortho practice. Like, oh, that's great. That's exciting. I said, well, yeah, you know, I got a lot of debt. I have no patience. It's a little, you know, it's bad. I don't know. It's kind of scary. And, and he was just one of these nice, kind guys that, you know, he like put his arm around me on my shoulder and he said, you know, you go out there and you just become the best orthodontist you can and you treat people like gold and you don't have to worry about money ever. And he's right. Yep. It's totally true. It's totally true. You'd be the best in the world at what you do. It's awesome. Love it. And you treat people right. And I still remember when he said that. And it's, it's stuck with me all these years because it's so simple and so basic, but just do a good job and treat people right. And well, it, it really goes to show that you uh, understand the power of it doesn't have to be this huge aha thing, this huge uh, shift. It's the little things that matter the most. Mm -hmm. So true. So that being said, what's the best resource or tool that you've used to grow your practice through the years? You know, I've become a YouTube junkie. Hmm. <laughs> and um Me too. i go through i watch you know people like you know like simon sinek seth godin uh, malcolm gladwell john maxwell um i went through this phase for probably six months where i was just i was stalking steve jobs on youtube <laughs> and and i would watch every interview he did and every lecture he did or every talk he did um and i listened or bezos i'll listen to what bezos says too yeah. and i listened to what these really crazy entrepreneurs think and how they talk. And obviously I'm never going to be Jeff Bezos, but you know, I listen to how he thinks. Um, and I think that's helped me a lot because it, it changes your attitude a little bit. It changes how you think about things. Yep. But I, I sit at home on my day off and I'll sit there and watch YouTube for a couple hours and I'll just find these real cool, you know, videos. So that's totally true. I mean, I, I'm a YouTube junkie for sure. Like I, 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 my wife probably gets sick of me. What else can I listen to? What everything. And it's, yeah. it's such great education. We have yes. that opportunity nowadays in our world to have the, the knowledge of these people Yes. that will live forever for us. Yes. Yes. Well, thank you so much for those answers. And thank you for your, your, uh, your wisdom your wisdom and your experience that you're able to share with everyone listening to this show. I really appreciate it. It just means a lot. And I know that there are people on this show that had aha moments that are now thinking a little differently about their practice, how they're going to use Invisalign, how they're going to cut that overhead so that they actually can be profitable. It's just so powerful. Yeah. Well, good. Well, thanks for having me. I had a blast. It was fun. Good. I'm glad. That's, that's one of my big goals here for sure. Well, again, thank you everybody for listening to our show. For those of you that are uh, in your cars or on your treadmills or just taking a walk, just know that we appreciate you being listeners to the Propreneur podcast. And if you feel like you got value out of this, found some best practices that you can use, even if it's one little thing, make sure you share it with your friends or colleagues to let them know that this is a source for them to get more of the best practices that they can use in their office and in their life. As always, our goal here is to help you be more proactive, more productive, and more profitable in all areas of your life and business. Thank you again for listening to the Propreneur Podcast. We will see you on the next episode. Thanks so much again for listening to the Propreneur Podcast. We really appreciate your support. If you haven't subscribed already, please make sure you do so. Also, if you feel like you might be a good fit for our podcast as a guest or know somebody who you think would be, go ahead and email us at dino at dinowatt.com. Again, thanks for support. We'll see you on the next episode.